Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Hello and welcome along to another Far Post Perth podcast in association with Outside 90. My name is Neil Sherwin and I'm joined once again by Donald Jaffray and Blaine Treadgold who are on board to talk football. We've got a lot to get through as Perth Glory gear up for a finals game against Melbourne City this coming Sunday and we'll have a special guest on in the second part of the podcast to discuss that one. Before we get into finals, we're going to look back at the final round of regular season action in the A-League and in particular... Um, her glory season as a whole because we've uh, we've we've debated over the past few months about where we think they should finish and expectations and whatnot now that the 27 regular rounds are done we can perhaps assess that a little bit and Blaine um, for me I've, I've said it consistently that anything other than a top four finish would be a major disappointment um, you, know, you can if you really wanted to argue semantics you could say that glory finished joint fourth with Melbourne City on 39 points, but they didn't get the home final that we've been craving since 2012. So for me, it's uh, it's underperformance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very much in agreement with that. Um, the whole season's just been very much like a yo-yo uh, to me. We've had some good little stints of runs and that kind of thing and picked up some points. And then we've let a lot of silly games go missing and uh, fundamental errors have crept in throughout the season and early on you know first game of the season kind of um, Central Coast being up 3-0 losing that one um, losing points to clubs like Newcastle Wellington that at the start of the season we sh- would have said we would have beaten con- convincingly um, but then on the other side of it you know picking up um, some decent away wins at Melbourne City Win in round three was probably one of the best away performances I've seen in the A-League era. Um, but yeah, it's just been all up and down for me. Yeah, I think it's peaks and troughs is the easiest way to sum it up. I mean, you look even look at the record. Okay, one ten, drew nine, lost eight. It's fairly consistent across the board. Goals for 53, goals against 53. So a really kind of even season and, uh, overall. And... I don't know, finishing 27 points behind Sydney FC, who I know set a pretty strong benchmark um, for everybody to try and keep up with, and ultimately everyone failed. But it still it still leaves you feeling a bit a bit disappointed. And I, I think, Donna, a lot of you said Glory wouldn't make finals. I did. I, well, and I said they wouldn't make the top four. We'll make the top four. So, yeah, yeah you, so you, you, you've, you've nailed right. that on. But uh, but surely from a I guess from a fan perspective, given the expectations that we went into the season with due to the strength of the squad that had been put together, and everybody was giving them great credit beforehand of the players they'd attracted and the WA boys and all that. Are you a bit underwhelmed? I said that um, Glory had one of the best defence um, in the league, and I said I would have loved a couple of the the lads with us. You know, uh, going on the game that. Um, was just played against City, which we'll talk about a bit more. Yes, you won 5-4, but you leaked four goals as well, right? So I I had gone in going, I would love to have the likes of Dino, Roston, 
Rizzo, all those in my squad. But looking at this season, it's kind. Of, it as Blaine said, it's a yo-yo, it's a roller coaster. You had really good highs, and then you had your really big lows. So, yeah, it's a bit lackluster, but. It is what it is now, so they just have to perform this weekend. In terms of that back four, I don't think we, in, I mean, in the team's defence, I don't think we had a, a stable back four for anything no. more than about three games throughout the season. It was, it was um, once Lowry down. went down, Grant went down, Dino was in and out. We had Goyan come in at the end of the season and fill in. We had Reese Williams in and out, a centre back. Um, Mills and Warren were in and out, Aaron Williams. There was no consistency. Know, there was no, no. none, none. Um, but Goyan, I thought, has been quite good since he's actually signed on. So he's he's a pretty good pickup. He's been very handy. Yeah. 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 Three clean sheets in 27 games, though, and, and that 53 goals against gives Glory the joint worst defensive record along with the Jets, who finished bottom. So... Well. Yeah, look, that's 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 the issue that needs addressing. You've got Castro, Kyo, and Taggart chipping in with 36 goals between them, uh, 12 each. So there's no qualms on the uh, on the attacking front, and they've they've been dangerous in every game. They've always looked like scoring uh, this season. It's been, it's been really exciting to watch the attacking football, but in a team that does include the likes of Ross and Griffiths, you would expect. In a bit of bit more solidity um, in front of the back four, and then the back four as well being tighter than it has been. So, and and, and even it's taken into consideration how many times Liam Reddy has, has bailed Glory out with some fantastic saves. Absolutely. You could easily stick another ten goals onto that. You know, taking in, that into consideration as well. So, yeah, look, I'm just a little bit disappointed to not um, get a home final again. As I said, the last home final we had here was. 2012 against Wellington um, it's a long time between drinks and it's funny when you see people debating about finals ticket prices and times and everything else well it makes no difference to us we don't get games so <laughs> what do we care um, yeah exactly you guys whinging about your $45 tickets um, so yeah we, we just don't have it and it, 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 ultimately it's it's finishing mid-table in a 10-team league yeah it's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not it's particularly excited. About, no, there's no. there's nothing nothing to celebrate about that. But okay, so good and bad in terms of um, performances. Blaine, who have you been impressed with this season, and who's kind of flattered to deceive a little bit? Oh, outstanding. Okay, Castro's been outstanding all season long. I think he should be pretty close to getting the Johnny Warren for a second consecutive year if he doesn't get pimped by maybe Ninkovic. I think they're the best two in the league. Um, Everyone else has been very, very hot and cold as, as, as a collective group and as individuals. Um, Kyo um, most weeks performs, works very hard. Um, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a tough one, really. Castro's been good. He was missing at the start of the season. Let's not shy away from that, but he has, he's been great. Like, you wouldn't say no to him. I think, for me, Mills was a great pickup. Mills has been excellent. I've, I've loved yeah. watching him play. Um, for so I didn't know who he was, so it's really good to see him. I think my biggest disappointment this year is Rizzo. He, d- I don't feel he had the season that he's had before. I don't know whether he's always known in his head that he wasn't going to be here next year, and that does impact a player's mentality. He hasn't been bad by any means. He's he's done okay, but he hasn't been at his best. And I think 
it's a good time for him to go now because I just feel that he just has not performed the way he has. Should we call him Samson because he hasn't been the same since he cut his hair? <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, has, he hasn't he been, has, no, hasn't he hasn't been hasn't great. Been Rizzo. No, um, but Mills for me has been outstanding. Uh, Reddy, despite his brain fart on the weekend, um, he's been great. I think he's been very solid for you guys, so be ashamed to let him go next season. I think he's got another year in him. Um, young Brandon Wilson had a oh, yeah, Wilson. good start of the season before he kind of got injured. And Grant, to me, was good before he got injured. Yeah. Um, a lot of players yeah, before they Wil got Wilson, Wilson was a good find because I didn't know anything about him when yeah. he joined, really. Just knew he played for Burnley and reserves and whatnot. And, yeah, get, they threw him in and... He definitely, uh, definitely swam uh, when he got put in there. So he did enough uh, to get himself yeah. another contract. So oh, would it? Season, yeah, so. that should even be up no, for consideration. No, that should be Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, overall, um, the, the, just the back line. I know it was chopping and changing. The, the Reese Williams situation didn't help because when he played, he was very, very good. Um, I think he's, he's in, you can see the, the, the class is there in the guy. It's just he didn't play enough, and that was one of the problems that they had to deal with so that was unfortunate and I'd say well we may be the last we see of him in a glory shirt at this stage so yeah it's unfortunate, unfortunate that it didn't work out um, they got the most glorious uh, player award will be coming up in a few weeks um, I presume we're just going to say it's going to be Castro I, think Castro. <laughs> I can't yeah. see anybody else <laughs> winning that yeah, there's not really much discussion on that one no. uh, okay let's look at a little little bit of a, a tidbit that came out last week that Glory are ranked the best in the Hyundai A-League for membership satisfaction in an independent survey commissioned by Football Federation Australia now Blaine you might be able to give us a bit more uh, in-depth thought on this the key categories that were surveyed were membership package value proposition involvement in club Purchasing the membership, club administration, on-field performance, <clears throat> um, game day experience, and marketing and communications. Now, out of all that, put the figures together, did what they do, and Glory came out on top out of all the A-League teams. Uh, any surprise in that few? Well, I know a lot of hard work's been happening behind the scenes to kind of raise the standing of Perth Glory within Western Australia, so I think um, credit's got to go to... Uh, Peter Philopoulos and um, Joe Marifiotti and those kind of guys at the club who um, definitely put, have been putting in the hard yards and the, getting the results in terms of getting the membership up. Oh, and absolutely. The Julian, and Anthony Radich, all of them, they've all done an yeah. excellent job behind the scenes. Um, so I guess from the numbers, guys, the metrics, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, I've got a few figures here. I'll uh, just, the right I'll direction. just fire out. 8,644 members this season on that, um, on that the, when the survey was released there. That was up 21% on last season. Now, I have raised my, my questions about this in the past in the sense that how exactly are members, how, 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 do you, how exactly are you categorized as a member? You know, do all three game memberships count if you buy a three game membership at the start of the season and then buy one at the end of the season? Is that two memberships? How, how does it work? You know, is it, is it, <laughs> It, every club does it, but I just don't know what the uh, what the the, what the, cri total, the criteria yeah. is to, to be counted. Are you counted once you're in the system? Are you only counted once, irrespective of how many memberships you buy under that name in the season? If you buy three three game memberships, are you just one member or are you three? Because there could be a little bit of uh, ambiguity in there. So and then you've got interstate members and overseas yeah, members yeah. and what have you. Dogs walking around with pet memberships and whatnot. Yeah, so yeah, memberships. Going straight to the local cattery and offering a hundred memberships. <laughs> uh, but but no, I, I mean, and I, I might only throw the figures out slightly, but 
the bottom line is it's up 21% according to the official figures, so we take it at face value. I guess you've got to look at it as that's 21% more people that got off their backsides and engaged with the clubs. So, yeah. I, that, I mean, that's positive in no matter yeah. how the variables run. And attendance-wise, the average for the 2015-16 season was 8,986. And that was the season on the back of the salary cap debacle. So numbers were always going to be low um, after that. Uh, this season, they've gone up to 10,533. So it's a 17% increase. Uh, it puts glory ahead of Adelaide United, Newcastle Jets, Central Coast Mariners and the Wellington Phoenix in terms of the overall season average. The highest attendance was 13,290 in round five against Western Sydney and the lowest was round 26 just a couple of weeks ago against Brisbane Roar when 8,834 people came into the game on Saturday night. I was a little bit surprised by that. I know it was a later than usual kickoff, but getting less than 9,000 for a Saturday game against Brisbane when Glory were still in with a sh good shout of a, a decent final spot, it was a bit bit surprising. But overall, um, yeah, I guess we're, we're happy enough with how, it, how that's tracking. Um, to get the average attendance over 10,000 was a reasonable target at the start of the year and they smashed that um so what's what's your what's your view from the stands Blaine? like is has it been better this year has there been more engagement with fans now that the terrace are back there's more uh, I, I guess there's less um less bitching going on between the re relevant supporter groups which we've had for the last three four five years that's just been annoying yeah you know it's been really irritating to watch it all go down yeah yeah has that stopped um, as far as I'm aware, it has. There um, seems to be... Um, is the cowbell quite, still there? I haven't heard the cowbell for <laughs> actually a good couple of seasons. It's been great. Um, yeah, no, there is um, a definitely a little bit more of a camaraderie amongst the punters. Um, I think a lot of them are all drinking at the Elephant and Wilbur now, so they're kind of getting to know each other rather than being a bit standoffish, if you like. Um, I think a lot of the kind of hardcore quote-unquote supporters are all in the shed now so I guess that kind of um, you know just standing next shoulder to shoulder with other blokes you get to know them and everyone gets to know each other um, a little bit better so I think it, I mean as a whole I think it's been very positive yeah there's definitely progress but there's there are still still improvements to be made and that's getting rid of the UFAP bastard chant it's gotta go oh god it's I hate that go. chant anything you can do Blaine have a word with your mates oh mate I feel oh. like they need a revamp in chants it's just, um, I mean, it's the kind of thing that's just been going for that long and it's just that built in slowly routine. killing everyone else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also <laughs> plenty of other chants which are, you know, just um, ad nauseum kind of style um, as much as the... I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people out there trying to freshen things up and this and that. That twist and shout chant's been an absolute revelation in the shed this year. And I had a bit of a wander a couple of weeks ago and there's all kinds of people around the side all getting into it and everything like that. And at the funny. end of the day, that's what you want. You, you don't want just the shed or just this getting into it. At the end of the day, I think it's a whole collective stadium thing to get behind the lads. Yeah, they've been great this year. They've been very um, vocal. Support, yeah. Donna, what's your thoughts on the, the whole match day experience? You know, for, okay, you've got, the, you've got the shed being quite vocal and all that, but there's there's a lot of stuff going on around NIB Stadium. There's there's still a little bit derision for the cheerleaders from what our club oh. saying. It's 2017 and you've got cheerleaders. There's lots of activities for the kids. There's you know there's all sorts going on on a match day. Is it good enough to attract people? I think the um I think they've set it up in the way of involving the juniors and the kids pre-game. I think it's great they have you know the goals. They've got the FIFA going. They've got all sorts of things happening. I think they've really stepped it up. Victory have had that for quite a few years, and I said Glory really needed to get all the juniors involved because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to 
want to come back in the future. So I think they've done really well in that department. They've had sausage sizzles and all that sort of stuff to involve their members. Um, my husband's a member and he said that it's, you know, they've stepped it up this year with engagement with their members. The cheerleaders, are, <laughs> I just don't like them. I'm never there early enough to <laughs> I see I don't the understand why they're there. So I don't know why we have, or why you guys have them. Um, but whatever, they involve the junior girls and they you know, get the crowd going, I guess. And um, I don't know, the only other thing that I think they could change up is that band that they have on the other side, those Mexican drumming people, Zinian, or whatever it? they are, they're just annoying. Isn't it a I have no idea, but it's just it's not needed. But they have stepped it up, so they've done really well, but I think... Um, there is always room for improvement, especially with the glory, but they're going in the right direction. One thing that annoys me in the whole A-League is I don't mind goal music as such, but just playing music over the top. I mean, I'm one that wants to have the kind of organic kind of support. I want to be able to hear this shit in full voice before the match revving everyone up. I don't want to hear it. I would put Chelsea Dagger in the same category as you, Fat Bastard. Really? Oh, put it in there. What do you think Just about like, them. Lady Gaga? Kill them. Could Kill be them. worse. We could Kill be... Them all. Yeah. But the victory has stand by me and it works really well. That's rubbish that's, as well. Rubbish. I don't mind that kind of thing, but I mean... Um, like everyone. Be, what's the one that Brisbane plays? Um, Someone plays Wonderwall. Is it? Is it uh, City and uh, City, Adelaide? City play um, Happy Together. Is it, I, is, I think it's Adelaide maybe play Wonderwall. Yeah. And the Jets have um, In Excess. Uh, Brisbane Roar's the terrible one. What's that bird's name? The pop star Roar or something like that? Oh, Katie, Katie Perry. Katie Perry that's yeah, that's one. just terrible. <sighs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, look, I, I think, <laughs> I think some of it is nonsense. Oh, I mean, goal music easy. annoys me. Uh, I want to hear the crowd when a goal goes in. Yeah, I that's that simple. Well. I'd like to that, but it's, it's not just an A League thing. You hear goal music in other parts of the world and it's yeah. just crap. But anyway, all right, we've got a five month off season I'm coming up where I'm sure all of these um, finer points can be debated and they'll make improvements for next year. But it, it is getting better and that's what we want to see um, overall get the numbers in and, and try and compete a little bit more with the other sports that are in Perth. Let's just uh, briefly talk about the, the rest of the A-League in general. Sydney FC ran away with the title, 17 points clear of Melbourne victory. So they will be red-hot favourites for the final series. Um, I don't think anyone's good enough to stop them if they play to their full potential. So we could be looking at them to do the double. Uh, I kind of hope they do because you should. if you win the league by that many points, you're, you've been the best team to get. Oh, look, I'm not going to debate the, 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 the I'm not going to debate this the merit of the final series. Off. This could this could go on, <laughs> but when you win a league by 17 points, you are the champions. You know you shouldn't have the opportunity to get to get dethroned by somebody in a once-off game. But here we are. Um, but the Nothing rest will of, satisfy me more. Than yeah, seeing see, that so bitter, so bitter. <laughs> Uh, okay, down, looking down the table, the Jets finished last. They claimed a trophy that doesn't exist in the wooden spoon. Um, they finished a point below the uh, Mariners and Adelaide. And there's been a little bit, the, um, the old merry-go-round has kicked off early with some uh, transfers, moving, movers and shakers. Roy O'Donovan has gone to the Jets from the Mariners. That'll add a bit of spice to that derby next year. And Paul Izzo's gone back to Adelaide from the Mariners. So they've lost arguably two of their best players last season from a squad that is already fairly poor. It's not a good um, not good signs, is it? No, but it seems to be part of the theme at the moment. Um, I think it was our friends at the Daily Football Show that mentioned something like 60 to 65% of players in the A-League this year are coming off contract. Um, 
So well and truly Christina is, from Glory. Well, <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if it's that many, but um, I know. No, it is, no, it's, it's 15, 15 players from yeah. Perth Glory are yeah. coming off contract. Well, there you go, there's our 70 <laughs> bucks. Um, but yeah, it seems to be every kind of two years, that two year cycle seems to, seems to keep coming up. Um, whereas I think if, um, I'm not sure how to work in with the salary caps and this and that, but I'm sure a lot of clubs would rather have them staggered. Paul um, are leaving Central Coast was more. the worst kept secret. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it, it, apparently knew. it was it was breaking news yeah, for the A-League. Everybody today, knew so. he was going. It was no, he announced. Everybody knew. So, but Royal Donovan will be a good pickup for the Jets. So hopefully this revives them, especially getting rid of that coach who I never rated. I think um, positive signs for and them. And the rumor Miller started on the Jets uh, coaching, coaching position. Um, Harry Kiel's been named. After yep. he get um, the ass from the Watford under twenty threes, I think it was. So. Yeah, um, um, that's not yeah, a bad little job, uh, Harry. I think he could come back and probably do a job over here at that level. It's surprising you say that because I thought the same thing, but a lot of people are saying, well, he got the ass for a reason yeah, with a that... really good squad. But I'm just going Watford. Yeah, but the, the thing, chance. the thing you got to look at is, is it a jobs for boys thing? You know, he's Harry Kill. We got, we can give him a job. He's just getting it on a name. He's not getting it on anything. He's actually achieved as a coach. What has he achieved as a coach? Nothing. By right, he should go into an underage position in Australia prove himself in the youth league or something and then get a senior job. Muska did the same thing though. He finished up with us. Yeah. Trained under Ange and now he's our coach. He's not exactly he didn't have anybody else before he took over the senior squad. Right, but he trained under Yeah, he Ange. he trained he under somebody, yes. Yeah. Kill would just be walking straight into a senior a job license. from a G- Yeah, so yeah. he'd be getting it he'd be getting it on name only for me and I I don't think that's the way to go, but jobs for boys, what can you do? Uh, the other big story in terms of uh, players is Thomas Broish leaving Brisbane Roar after seven years. Now there was a there was a post put out by the uh, Perth Glory fan forum page on Facebook yesterday saying would he be he'd be a great fit for Glory and it was scorned within minutes by a number of people including myself because I think that ship sailed two three years ago in terms of it being an asset to start every week but apparently it's a cap decision uh, they want to go with somebody younger and so he he's gonna go and will he go somewhere else? Do you think he'll end up at the Mariners? Will he end up at the Jets? Um, he would. They love a cast off the Mariners. Oh, oh, they don't. They, yeah, they, they don't mind one of those. And he's younger than. Was he younger than Luis Garcia? Was yeah. So you know, he fits their mold. He's the type of player that you'd like to have in almost a. Um, um, Fringe player. No, more Fringe. of a. I'd say more of a manager, a player manager type of role at, at a lower level to the A League because he's the type of player that you could you could learn a hell of a lot from by playing next to. Um, I don't think he's done done though, but I don't think I'll see. I don't. I don't know if we'll see him in the A League unless he does go to the likes of India, Central Coast somewhere, or somewhere. India, you know, Malaysia. follows old mate Smelty to wherever he's gone and all those places. Yeah. But I don't think any of the not not big clubs, but I don't think the likes of Sydney or Melbourne or any of them are going to want are going to pick him up. No, I don't think a on a inverted commas a big Bigger club, club would is pick, pick him up. up. Could end up with the Knicks, could end up with the Mariners, Jets. They would be the three that I would say that he could go to. I don't think anyone else would want them. No. I certainly hope Glory wouldn't um, wouldn't want to go down that I'd road. Offer that sort of money to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he he's after seven years been a great player anyway for them. Um, won the Johnny Moore Medal he's twice. He's been great for the league. Yeah, great for the league. Considering he's a player that was a, a no-name player for me anyway when he joined the league. I'd never yep. heard of him before. Can he not get? Why haven't they kept him under the Archie Thompson rule? 
Surely he's played long enough for him. The Archie Thompson rule applies to Archie Thompson the same way that Tim Cahill rule Cahill applies Cahill. to Tim Cahill. Sorry. But yeah, wasn't there that rule for the... Isn't it 10 years? Is it 10 years? I don't know. Is Surely it? Surely not. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember the last player to play. 10 years for one club. Broxham. One club. He played for us. He was a water boy, wasn't he? Yeah, started off as a water boy. Now look at him. Yeah, because they were talking about mentioning. <laughs> still the same. They were mentioning. No, but you can. Like, as a possibility as well at one there's stage. There's a um, so, yeah, there's yeah. a. There is a clause in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah well, he's leaving, so yeah, obviously there's done. nothing there they can do under the cap anyway, or keep him around the squad. So Aloisi said, yeah, it's it's come down to money, Sorry. and he's gone. All right, we'll uh, wrap up part one there, and when we come back in the second part, we're going to look ahead to this week's game uh, between Perth Warrior and Melbourne City in the elimination final. You're listening to the Farm Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. All right, welcome back to the second part of the Far Post Perth podcast. As I mentioned at the the top of the the podcast, we've got a special guest on, and it's Matt Benici from Talking City. They're one of uh, the other Outside 90 affiliates, and he's here to have a chat about Melbourne City, obviously with the big game this Sunday in the elimination finals. Matt, welcome along. Thanks for having a chat with us. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll start by um by having a bit of a laugh about last weekend's game. The uh, the rather amusing five four shootout at NIB Stadium as Glory took three points, uh, finished in fifth, joint level or level on points with City. Um, the game you can't really take much out of it, can you? As, as a fan of, of either team, because Glory set their stall out early to go for a win and score as many goals as possible, and left a lot of gaps at the back, which City in turn exploited. It was a bit of a, uh, I, I guess it was just a fun way to end the, end the year. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it was a very hectic game. Uh, you know, goals flowing both ways, and uh, you know, some nice individual moments from both teams. So yeah, it was very exciting indeed. Now we've had Tim Cahill scoring a couple of goals. It's the first time he's been to Perth this season. It was nice of FFA to uh, to save us for last uh, when the hype has all died <laughs> down. I mean, it's not like Perth to be left behind. But uh, what have you made of the impact of of Cahill all season? Yeah, he's he's hit double figures for goals. Um, there's certainly been a lot of talk about how good he is with the fans. Um, yeah, are you are you happy with his with how he's done at City this season? Yeah, look, you know, you sort of get some polarising opinions from, from some of the fans, but me personally, mate, I don't think he's carried us at times. Um, you know, uh, we all love Bruno Fornaroli on, on, on this side of the country, but, uh, you know, in terms of the goals in general play, Cahill leads the way at our club, you know, um, when you take penalties out of the equation. He's been a fantastic leader on and off the pitch. Like you said, he's great with the fans. You know, one thing you can't really take away from, from Cahill is that, you know, he's always working on... You know, getting out there in the media with his social stuff, you know, getting the club at the spotlight, always spends time, you know, signing autographs after the game. You know, you know I reckon he's been absolutely fantastic and he'd be one of our best players this year for sure. How important is that for City, that, you know, marketing side of it, plugging the club and that? You know, you've, you've got obviously Victory as your neighbours next door who have had a good head start on you in terms of their promotion and attracting fans and you're, you're playing catch-up to a to a large extent bringing in someone like Cahill has he actually made a difference in terms of engaging people with the club I think look at the end of the day I think the only way you're ever going to really bridge that gap is by sustained success on the field but I think he's definitely 
brought the spotlight onto us a little bit, and, and mostly in the whole sort of, how, how do I say, like sort of changing a bit of the perception of the club from being, you know, this little sort of, you know, plugging away in victory shadow to being a, a bit of the team that, that people don't like, which I think is probably the biggest benefit for us. And, you know, some might sort of suggest that that's not really a positive thing, but for us, I think it is because, you know, at least when, when you talk about identity and everything else, you know, we've got a bit of a we've got a bit of a tag now. You know, the Money Club, the team that went and got Tim Cahill. Yeah, it's given it's given us a bit of a bit of a reception there. I think. Yeah, Matt Blaine here, mate. Um, how have you found the coaching difference? Uh, obviously, Van Ship went out. Uh, Michael Valkanis is coming in. Have you guys? Um, oh well, do you have the same faith in Valkanis? And um, how do you think he's going uh, with the side? Um, well, I guess the easiest way to answer that question first is that most City fans, ones that I interact with anyway, didn't have much faith in JBS. So uh, when he went, you know, in, in must be said, very unfortunate circumstances and, you know, not the way you want to see someone have to go. Uh, I think most people sort of viewed the changeover in a positive light. But as of now, I think Balkanis has really been JBS light to a degree. Um, I don't really think he's made much of a positive difference on the field. If anything, we've probably been slightly worse. Um, I think he's really been brought in more to sort of steady and steer the ship into the close of the season before someone else comes in and actually can make wholesale changes. Matt, Donna here. What are your thoughts on Sorensen being benched um, for most parts of the season considering the you know the reputation that he has? In my opinion, he's one of the the better keepers in the league. What are your thoughts on him not getting um, into that starting 11 constantly? You're hitting the good questions, guys. Um, yeah, that's, that's another pain point, the Sorensen one. I think, uh, yeah, that for me is, has been a big blight on this campaign. Uh, he's one of the stronger leaders of the club and, like you say, he's one of the better keepers in the league. I mean, I think that, you know, he hasn't really had enough time this season to show it, but last season, if there was anyone better, I don't really know. And this season, obviously, Vukovic has been head and shoulders above, but... Sorensen is still a, a fantastic keeper and I think, you know, Buzana seems to be in there for his perceived abilities with the, the ball at his feet, you know, to act as a, a sweeper, I guess, coming out of the back the, the back third of the pitch. But, you know, the primary responsibility of a keeper is to save goals and I, I think that Sorensen is considerably better at it than Buzanis and it's disappointing to see him relegated to the bench like he has been. Matt, I was at the uh, corresponding fixture last year, which obviously uh, saw us play your mob uh, first week of the finals over there. Mm. Um, I think we had the same, exactly the same um, fixturing in terms of the Sunday nights. Now, obviously, a uh, little has been said this week. Um, why wasn't it on the Saturday night? It's not going up against any other sports. Um, what's the reaction been amongst the home fans over there in respects to that? Uh, not very pleased. Obviously, you know, Sunday 7pm isn't a great time slot, to say the least. I think it's probably even worse for, for you a lot, I guess, having to, to travel over. But, uh, yeah, no, people aren't very happy. I believe the reasoning behind it might be something to do with the other teams that are still involved in the Champions League and their days the had a rest statement or something, I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, it hasn't been received well at all, no. Just to um, talk about the season as a whole, we, we mentioned in the first part of the pod here that Glory finished 27 points behind Sydney, which is very disappointing from our perspective. But I think we were only targeting maybe a top two to top four place. City were one of the title favourites at the start of the year, and 
they've been miles off the pace. Um, they've lost ten games out of twenty-seven. You know, it's it's a it's a fairly poor record considering the outlay um, by by the owners and whatnot. Are you as fans disappointed? Well, I, I assume you're disappointed, but to be so far behind um, the title winners. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, um, obviously you get a very skewed perspective, but I think that on paper, on paper we've got just about the best team in the comp. I mean, given how good Sydney have been this year, I think you'd have to be insane to argue that anyone else could finish above them. They are a fantastic unit, but to finish this far pace is obviously a major disappointment. I mean, we managed to, to you know, break the, the silverware drought and get our first trophy, which papers over the cracks a tiny bit but I think that you know the vast majority of City fans would be viewing this as, as a disappointing season yeah well you've got a chance to put it right to a certain extent in the finals so this weekend game against Glory the, the previous meetings uh, between the, the sides this year Glory won 3-2 at Amy Park in October it was a 3-3 draw at the same venue in December and obviously last weekend's 5-4 fiasco it's 20 goals in the three fixtures are you envisaging a, an exciting game this weekend again? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, we live to entertain uh, Melbourne City, everyone except our own fans. So we, we, we love the goals flowing in both directions. So I, I can definitely see, you know, uh, if you were a gambling man and you, you wanted to back, to back something in this game, I think you'd be taking the goals at overs because there's going to be a few, I reckon. Okay, well, I've got uh, just uh, a couple more quick questions for you. The first one being the prediction. What are you going for this weekend? Do you see City progressing given they've home field advantage and whatnot? Yeah, look, I normally like to err on, on the side of backing us when we play at home. So I, I feel not thoroughly confident, but I think we've got a, a good chance. That being said, I mean, like you mentioned just before, we've played you twice at home this year and have only got a point to show for it. So, but, you know, I'm hoping that the guys can, can step up and get us over the line and, you know, maybe a 2-1 victory. Oh, well, you mentioned previously that you're, you're quite enjoying, I guess, the... Uh the, the label of being one of the hated clubs now that you've got the money and you've got kale and whatnot, but everybody loves a lovable loser. So I have to ask, are you missing being hurt at all? Uh, look, <laughs> there, are, there are parts of the hard time that I think we'll all sort of miss, but, you know, personally, some of the memories we've had as City so far, I mean, I've had some pretty good times as a City supporter despite the underwhelming moments so far. I mean, there's there's some derby wins in there that were sensational and then obviously getting a trophy at all is a fantastic moment so look yeah you can pine for the old days a little bit I think but in the scheme of things we're better off for it in my opinion alright Matt well thanks for joining us we'll let you go I would wish you good luck for the weekend but I wouldn't mean it so uh, we, we won't go down <laughs> that road but uh, yeah look make sure to check out the Talking City podcast their Twitter feed and everything else those guys do as well, they're uh, they're similar to us and it's great to have the independent coverage of the A-League. Matt, uh, enjoy the game at the weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, mate. Same to you guys. Cheers for having me on. Welcome back. It's the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. Okay, we're going to delve into some local action for the final part of this podcast. There was a lot of football played at the weekend. Saturday was all MPL, and then on Monday uh, we had a full program of FFA Cup games. Um, some surprising results in there, some great results for a few of the lower teams. So we'll touch on a few of those, uh, look ahead to the, the next round, which is coming 
quickly. It's, it's on Anzac Day, which is in less than a week's time. So um, there's a great opportunity to get out and watch some football on that day. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot to get through. Starting on the results, Wembley Downs, what a win. Uh, the amateurs, the amateur side, amateur Premier League team, I've, I've, I've been part of a team that played against them this year in the Amateur Night Series. Um, they, they're really well organised, some very strong physical players in there. Uh, they beat Sterling Lions from the NPL 2-0. Uh, an unbelievable result in many ways, um, considering uh, they've, they've had a tough week, Donna. Yeah, absolutely. Our thoughts are uh, obviously with everybody at Wembley Downs and everybody that's been affected. We just wanted to make a quick note to look out for your teammates and everybody, all your friends and whatnot. And if you're struggling or need someone to talk to, um, just call Beyond Blue at 1300 224 636. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty important message, um, especially with a lot of guys um, these days. Just remember, you can always speak to your mates and... Um, just always uh, check on your buddies and make sure they're doing all right. Absolutely. Yeah, so the football community has rallied around Wembley after the passing of one of their players, Neil Fitzsimons, um, in, in tragic circumstances. There's been a lot of fundraising going on and, and out of tragedy comes good stories and, and a lot of that has been around the clubs getting together and supporting each other and making looking out for, for um, players and, and you know family and friends and whatnot. So that's been real heartening to see, but yeah. Um, take Donna's advice on board and, and have a chat with someone if, if needs be. Football can be a, a bit of an intimidating environment sometimes in the dressing room with a lot of lads taking the piss out of each other and that, but if it's serious business, don't be afraid to speak up. But congratulations to Wembley. They will be in the next round of the of the Cup and they've been drawn against Western Knights uh, from the State League. Now, Western Knights are a good side, don't get me wrong, but I think Wembley could potentially cause another shock there. Uh, they, they've got the uh, the ability and the, the quality within their team to do that. So, uh, looking at some of the others, uh, one result which wasn't a shock was State League Division 2 side Guelop beating MPL side Balcada. Now, while there's a couple of divisions between the teams, we know that Guelop have players in the, in their squad that should be playing at a higher level and for reasons that will remain unspoken this time um, they're playing in State League Division 2 and they came from behind with 10 men to beat Balcada Blaine Balcada I've seen play once this season they didn't they didn't uh, oh, I wasn't impressed put it this way by them uh, they had a few decent players but overall a, a fairly average side so well up with the quality the star quality they have getting that win isn't a shock yeah, Balcata, from what I've seen, um, have been uh, another kind of yo-yoing side. Um, I saw them get done by Subiaco down at Grindleford um, a few weeks ago now. Um, it's interesting that, obviously, with the footage of that um, Gwellup v Balcata game, uh, Gwellup obviously wearing red shirts, Balcata wearing pink shirts, so I'm not really sure what the referee was thinking, letting that go ahead like that, considering all the... Um, oh. Fiascos with coloured socks matching in, and yeah, whatnot. <laughs> we've had in the past. Um, another interesting result was uh, what's been labelled the the Western Suburbs Derby um, in the Golden Triangle there with UWA Netherlands knocking off uh, MPL sides Subiaco 4-3. Yeah, Subi were 3-1 up at half-time in that game as well. So UWA came back superbly in the second half and they've been rewarded with a game away to MPL leaders Sorrento in the next round so that's going to be uh, a Percy Doyle reserve we've just come off a 10 year win <laughs> yeah they were playing Woodvale Amateur Division 4 side who gave <laughs> who gave a, a fairly good account of themselves it was only 3-0 at half time uh, and that's there's a massive massive gap gap in, in those divisions you're talking what 5 amateur leagues plus another 3 on top of that so you're looking at Eight divisions, and it was even bigger between Armadale of the NPL and Calamon the United Socials, and that result was was a blowout as well. But 
you know, that's, that's the FFA Cup. It's, it, it's, it's an open system. That. Everybody, yeah. anybody can enter. And, you know, I, I did see some elitist comments saying that the Cup is a farce and these teams shouldn't be allowed to enter. Well, I'm sure Wembley Downs would give the two fingers to, to those kind of comments with the way they've been going and, and potential to get through in the next round as well. So, yeah, I, I think it's great. Open season. The, um, the Boulder City juggernaut continues. They are also into the next round after yet another forfeit. June Love City didn't want to travel uh, in, out to the uh, out to Kalgoorlie uh, on a on a Monday, which is understandable. But now um, Boulder City have been offered uh, a trip to Wanneroo City uh, on what Anzac Day. So it's I, I hope they travel because um, there's great pride in in that region in in terms of giving it to the the Perth teams they they like that especially when Perth teams don't bother going out to play them so I'm sure they'll be up front I know that um, Kagodi College always come up in the Metro Cup and they've won it recently as well they, they always make sure to travel so yeah I, I hope they come up and um, you know we, we don't know I don't know anything about them as a in terms of standard but if they come up and stick it to one of the state league clubs well good luck to them so um so yeah that's that's a that's another fixture um Perth Soccer Club Got one 0 win over Inglewood and Blaine, you're going to tell us what's going on Inglewood. Inglewood, yeah. Um, Taki Nicolatis has been uh, relieved of his duties at Inglewood, effective immediately announced last night, which was a, a fairly big shock to us all, considering um, they're well in the mix for the NPL. They've had a couple of little mixed results, but um, he's a great coach. Great, great coach. Great guy. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, bit big, of a shock. A, a big shock. Yeah. yeah, we did look to see if there was any comment from Inglewood today about the reasons why, but it's been radio silence from them with regard to the situation. So everybody's just making up their own rumors, which is even more fun. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we await to hear what's happening in terms of a replacement. But they've been dumped out of the FFA Cup and Perth Soccer Club will play my Joondalup United in the next round. Um, Joondalup had a 5-2 win over Kingsley. Bit of a scare though, went 2-0 up. Kingsley, the amateur Premier League side, came back to 2-all before Joondalup scored three late goals to run out uh, comfortable winners in, in the final stages. So um, that was an entertaining game on uh, on the night and uh, that Joondalup and Perth game will be a double header with the Sorrento and UWA game of Percy Doyle. Uh, so that will be, uh, I think it's half, half two and five o'clock kickoffs in those games. Uh, some other fixtures that we haven't mentioned coming up, we'll have Coburn City against South West Phoenix. South West Phoenix, good side. Um, great setup down there, but they'll be travelling up for the, the Coburn game. Um, definitely a chance of a shock there. Armadale against Bayswater, you'd fancy Bayswater and that. ECU against Dianella. Now, I've been told Dianella have been spending money like there's no tomorrow um, getting players in to try and push for MPL status. So they might give ECU a bit of a, a bit of a run out in that one. So that's um, that's the round five games. As I said, they'll take place on Anzac Day. Uh, half two kickoff for all of them except Joondalup and Perth, which will be the 5 p.m. game. So, uh, Blaine, you got to go, Tony? Yeah, I was thinking about getting down and supporting Boulder City. Actually, I was a little bit disappointed with... Um, I understand the circumstances with clubs just not... Um, being able to get out to Boulder City, especially when you got work and this and that to study the next day. And what, what well, the, part, of, part of the thing as well is that you know you're expected to go and travel, and the costs involved. And I, I'm pretty certain that Football West gives you five hundred dollars towards your travel expenses. Five hundred dollars is not a lot of money for overnight accommodation, bus there and back. You know all that sort of LA, especially if lads have to take a day off work or, or, or either side of the game even. Yeah, I, I understand. I just think it's a shame for Boulder City, obviously, trying to be um, be competitive in the in the State Cup and that kind of thing and get as many games in as they can. Um, it's interesting um, if there's obviously the travel on that there, but um, 
it'd be interesting to see if they could swap a fixture around and have a league fixture on Anzac Day and then have the cup on the weekend just to allow people a bit of travel time and what have you. I don't know if it'll work. Might need, just need a little bit of um, uh, juggling around. But, um, yeah, I might get up to Wanneroo City and see how that goes. Cool. Um, so then we've that's next Tuesday. Before that, there is a full program of NPL games on Saturday. Just run through the fixtures quickly. You've got Perth against Subiaco, Dorian Gardens, Bayswater host Perth Glory, Balcata take on ECU, Sterling Lions go up against Coburn, Sorrento and Joondalup United in the Percy Doyle Derby, uh, Inglewood against Armadale, and Mandra City host Floriot, who've been struggling lately. Um, got a bit of a hiding from uh, Armadale at the weekend, wasn't it? That um, They lost, uh, th- it was 3-0 to Armadale. They got done in the league and the cup. Uh, yeah. Got done by uh, Bayswater City in the Cup and Armadale in the league, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, seven goals conceded, none scored So in those two games. So they, they've had injury problems. I've been hearing about their injury problems all season, it feels like. But uh, they've, they've had two rough fixtures. Um, they're, still, they're still second on the NPL ladder, though. So it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, the NPL ladder, as it stands, you've still got Sorrento at the top on 21 points. They're blitzing everybody at the moment, unbeaten. Six wins and three draws from their nine games. Floriot and Coburn behind them. Perth and Bayswater. Inglewood are sixth. They've parted ways with their coach, but they're on 13 points. They're by no means out of the equation at this early stage. So it's an interesting situation there. ECU, Sterling, Joondalup and Armadale are all close together. Towards the bottom, you've got Balcata, Perk, Glory, Subiaco and Mandra, who are on zero wins, three draws and six losses. And they lost one of their best players, uh, Alex Grayson, at the weekend to a broken leg. So that's not going to do their cause any good whatsoever. Blaine... Nine games gone. Um, it's still early, but it's not looking good for Mandra. No, they're um, they're definitely starting to fall away a little bit now. And a couple of results by Subiaco and the likes of um, it's in the gap one. Yeah, and with only one team going down, um, you now the further they get cast adrift, yeah, it's going to be very tough for them to claw that back as the as the season goes on. When squad depth starts to play an even bigger role, but there are the games this weekend. You going to a game on Saturday? Yeah, I might go and see, uh, get down to Dorian Gardens, actually. Who have they got? They've got... Perth and Subi. Subi. Perth Subi Echo. Yeah, that's a uh, nice close one for me. Cool. And I'll be going to Sorrento and Jindalup on Saturday at no 3 o'clock. No way. Yeah, got, a, oh, got, got stuff to do. People to see. You know? <laughs> yeah, what about you, Donna? I want to go see Basie against uh, Perth Glory. Yeah. Just want to see what Basie's all about at the moment. And yeah. just want to see the Glory boys, because from what I hear... Even though where they're sitting on the ladder, some of the guys are having like Joe Knowles and whatnot playing really good games. So I'd like to see them in action. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Joe Knowles gets pulled into the side against City. Yeah. Whether they take uh, Nolsey over there. So um, I Pulls saw them back. play Perth SC in the Perth Derby uh, a couple of weeks ago. And um, they actually kept um, Perth SC without a shot on the board yeah. um, until so, half time. And then unfortunately, well, virtually, which way they even look at it, uh, Perth SC ran over them in the second half. It'll be good to see them in action. All right, so we'll all be around the grounds this week anyway. Okay, that'll do us. Anything else to add before no, we wrap things up? It. No, Going to get a prediction on the Perth Glory City final. I'm going to go Glory 2-0. 2 nil. Yes. I don't see Glory keeping a clean sheet. Sorry. Uh, I will go... Well, with... look, I went for you and you don't like it, yeah. so I'm going to change that to City 2-0. Fine. No, City I hate Parker. City, so we'll just go for Glory. I'm going to go two all draw, extra time penalties, all the fun. Jeez. Yeah, I'm going Perth Glory on penalties. 
Jesus. I'm not saying who's going to win on penalties. I just want to penalty <laughs> shoot out. I like, love penalties. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. It's, so it's all good except when it's your own team, mate. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, um, um, yeah. There's a big event down at the Elephant and Wilbur. Glory Fans United have organised it down there. So um, get around it. gets down there. Um, yes, it should be a good one. Cool. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget to uh, check out everything on Outside 90 in terms of the content, the daily football show and whatnot. We're also there, uh, our podcasts. And you can also find us on Twitter, which is at FarPostPerth, and Facebook is also FarPostPerth. Not sure when we'll be back next. It all depends on how Gloria are going. If they lose miserably, we probably won't bother doing anything else. Fingers crossed that you do hear from us because that'll mean that they've won. All right, we'll speak to you soon, hopefully. And uh, until then, enjoy the games. Morning, Gloria. Thanks for listening to the Far Post Perth, powered by Outside90.com. overdone it at the gym at the dinner table or on the couch AHM Health Insurance have a cover for you join direct at ahm.com.au